Hello, we're kicking off today with a question to Dr. J. So Dr. J, why do we need behavior science when it comes to fitness? Can't we just tell people to work out more and eat less? Well, working out more, eating less, this might be part of the picture. But if you're working with people, it's really important to understand how our brains work, uh, particularly around habit change. And ultimately, when we're in fitness and wellness and we're trying to help people towards their goals, we're really looking at habits. So behavior science is essential to have those key components to understand how to communicate and get some of that behavior change going. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach with the Jock and the Doc Podcast, where fitness meets behavioral science. Join your hosts, Scott Schutte, a seasoned personal trainer, gym owner, and 360 wellness coach, and Dr. Janine Steester, a PhD behaviorist and expert in all things behavior change, as they share their combined expertise to empower fitness professionals like you. With practical tips, cutting-edge topics, and industry-leading guests, you'll learn everything from motivation and goal setting to habit formation and overcoming obstacles. Whether you're a seasoned fitness pro or just starting off your coaching journey, Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach is your essential guide to mastering the art of coaching and changing lives. Yeah, and so what is nice is we're seeing a lot more talk about this in the fitness space, which is awesome. It yeah. needs to be there because just focus on exercise will take you so far. Just focus on nutrition will take you so far. So that behavior science is very important. But with a lot of things that we're looking into, there's there's pieces and it's heading in the right direction, but there's a few things that they're lacking on. So we're going to dive into that today. So let's kick it off with motivational interviewing. So Dr. J, can you explain what that is and the pros and cons of that using that technique? Yeah, well, motivational interview has a good amount of research. It's a counseling technique. And I say that for two reasons. One is because it's been used a lot with humans very successfully. But I'm also saying it because it's a counseling technique. So when we try to implement that into our fitness and wellness as coaches, we also want to stay within our scope. And so what happens is we're not counselors, nor should we be therapists. So we're trying to truncate something that has been researched as a very holistic way of approaching individuals. So it's really about um, eliciting information from our clients, trying to get them to talk about their motivations, their why, um, providing a collaboration with them to affirm what they're interested in, what their motivators are, and then help them kind of think about what they want and execute a plan. And so the goal is to have them reflective, communicate, and then have autonomy to create that plan. I don't, of course, have anything against any of that. But the con is, again, as coaches, how much of that can we do? And the way that motivational interviewing goes, it's a lot of skill set on the person that's running the motivational interviewing. So you only have a designated amount of time. You haven't been trained in that. So my only concern is I love that we're talking about communicating with our clients, listening. But I think we also have to be careful that we're not trying to put um, a big old technique into a very small um, window of opportunity to use. Yeah, so correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I, I think of it as uh, open-ended questions. And so open-ended questions when you're talking about goal setting, I think can be very beneficial. If like someone's like, okay, what's your goal? And they're like, I want to lose 10 pounds. And you're like, why? Yeah, tell me your why, right? Give me more. Give yes. me that. I think it could be very Absolutely. beneficial there. Um, but we can get in trouble as you start getting into stuff of like, you know, past trauma. You start getting into relationship stuff, talking about divorce or like yeah. any of these different things. You start opening up these like Pandora's boxes. Exactly. Of, you don't know what direction it's going. You don't know how to handle it. And now you're talking about things that aren't in your field and also not what you're trying to accomplish when you're trying to work with that person. 
Absolutely. And it can be very confusing to the client because on the one hand, if they are sharing extra and you don't, even if you say like, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? And they say, well, my husband keeps reminding me that I don't look like when I got married. What are you supposed to say to that? Right. Um, and so they're sharing, they're being vulnerable. So it's really hard. You don't want to shut that down. But at the same time, you're trying to help them with what you have the tools to do. And those open-ended questions are just a part of motivational interviewing, which is, again, where we're kind of stuck is we really can't follow through on all of the parts of that. And this is why we spend so much time on figuring out exactly how what we call 361 sessions to be. So you're going in with a plan. We call it like a program design. Instead of having these different exercises that you're randomly doing, just having a set plan. So you know exactly where that, that conversation, that direction is really going. Versus kind of going in there, asking a bunch of open-ended questions, which can last hours, and we don't have time for that. Yeah. And go in directions that we can't even help with. First, if, you, if we have open-ended questions that are very specific, tailored towards what we're trying to accomplish, then it can be beneficial. Yeah, and... And in my world, in my education, in my experience, you know, we've trained a lot of people to help with behavior change in many different disciplines. And we don't have the avail availability to teach them these extreme counseling approaches. So we really nailed down sort of some key pieces that need to be in there. And we just incorporated that, the 360 wellness. So again, you have a structure and a way to ask some questions to get that information, but yet still stay focused on what you are there to provide. Okay, so the next one we hear a lot of is accountability coaching. So a lot of coaches are doing some sort of nutrition plan or some sort of overall coaching plan, and they're like, we do weekly accountability coaching sessions to make sure that they're following the plan. So give me your, your take on that. Break that down for me. Yeah, accountability is really designed to help somebody execute something, and it's just saying, hey, you made this agreement with me. And I'm calling you out, like, are you following that agreement? We have this commitment to one another, and I'm holding you accountable to that. And people will come in. I know this. People will come in and say, I need an accountability buddy. I need somebody to hold me to the fire. But the reality is, is that if we're having to do, and we're hearing this from coaches too, it's just this ongoing, how are you doing? Are you drinking more water? Keep it up. You got this. And it starts to feel like this nag as opposed to somewhere we're moving forward to. The idea that somebody's in your corner and they're there for you as you're trying to make these changes, I love that idea. But if you're constantly having to hold somebody's feet to the fire to execute a plan, it's, it's a big red flag. The plan is not a great fit for them because to a good degree, it needs to be easy and enjoyable or no one's going to stick with it. Absolutely. And I think a perfect uh, example of this is we were, we were listening to a program, a nutrition program, and they meet with someone um, at the beginning of the month. And then the next three weeks, they just give them a, a call, a voice recording of being like, hey, we looked in at your plan and you did good with it or you did bad with it. You know, good job or you need to do better. My problem with that is it's assuming that you've given them the best plan. And what we've seen and when we break this down is there's a lot of different ways you can approach someone on helping them reach their goals. And what you need to do is figure out not only does it work well for the nutrition science, but also for the behavior science of so breaking down personality, lifestyle, environment. And so you can give someone a plan that on paper is like, well, if you just execute this plan, you'll get there. But in reality, it's just not the best fit for them. So the beauty of actually having, you know, conversations, we call it more goodness fit. And so through that, the, the session of figuring out more of a goodness fit, it's, it's more figuring out, was this the best plan for you versus you were good or you were bad? 
Yeah. And part of the, the challenges with accountability also is our brains typically, we, we don't want to tell ourselves we haven't done a good job. And we also want to put our best foot forward in front of others. So what you also see is a little bit of shifting of reality that can come. So you have a toddler. I know you've had this experience where he's doing something and you catch him doing it and you ask him, it's like, is, is that what you're doing? And he's like, no. And he's holding the very thing that you just asked. So toddlers and adults aren't that different in our need to um, pretend that we didn't do something or we did do something. We're just a little bit more savvy at it. So if you're having me track my water and I'm, I'm like, oh man, I have not been doing well and Scott's going to be all over me about this and kind of whatever. So I'm going to up that amount a little bit or I'm going to fudge a little bit. And some people don't even do it consciously, but we are still a toddler at heart. And so we have to keep that um, in mind when we're um, helping coach and, and shift behavior for people. It's like when you're on MyFitnessPal and you're choosing the foods, you're like, well, this pizza is 300 calories, but <laughs> exactly. the other one's 1,200. It's probably the 300. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why my weight's not going yeah. on. I'm hitting my calories. <laughs> this one's perfect. <laughs> so uh, moving on. So we we went over um, motivational interviewing. We went over accountability coaching. Now let's talk about habit coaching. Now there's some people that call themselves habit coaches. We talked to a lot of coaches and like, oh yeah, I use I use habit based training um, in my coaching philosophy. But when we kind of break it down, we we find out they're they're more of kind of a square peg, round hole kind of habit-based coaching. So kind of dive into what you've seen with that and and, and what you see that we're kind of missing the mark in the, the fitness space. Yeah. So we've all seen, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, Tiny Habits, uh, Atomic Habits, a lot of really nice books talking about habits, which I, again, I love this because we're, we're putting it in our heads of like, we need to shift our habits. However, what I'm seeing is, is that a lot of people who think they're habit coaching, what they're really doing is talking to people about their habits and coaching them to change their habits. Well, that's a start, but we actually need to use the behavior science principles, some core things about how habits are formed and are changed to actually execute habit change. The other part about it is we see this um, two weeks, 21 days, 66 days, like there's some finite number that if you do something for this long, it becomes a habit. And the answer, of course, to that is we don't have a finite number because it depends on the behavior, how long you've been doing the old behavior, what the new one is. And it's a habit when it becomes automatic. So if you've been executing this new behavior for six months and then a wedding happens or a life event happens and then, you know, two weeks later you're not doing it regularly, it wouldn't have habit yet. You might have been getting close but you're just not there. So I think there's a lot of misunderstandings with that. And I love that people are trying to do habit coaching. I just want them to have a little bit more education to see the results that they really want to do to provide for their clients. Yeah, it's almost like it's the new buzzword. Like, yeah. you know, they're doing the same thing, but now like, oh, well, we're trying to form habits, which eventually, yes, we are, but we, ca we can't form habits by forcing it onto someone. Like the game that we're constantly playing when we're taking this approach is, is, is more this minimal effective dose. So what's the least amount we need to change to get them training in the right direction? Along that process, it's, it's always about finding, how do we make this easier? How do we make this more enjoyable? Because if we do that, then it's going to become a, a habit. It also comes back to the root causes of unhealthy behaviors. If we figure out what the root cause is, we find that proper replacement that still scratches that itch. Then we can find a long-term fix for that. Versus like, We'll stop doing it or yeah. eat less calories or work out more, these kind of different vague things. Um, we even saw the example of like, you know, 
let's do a well-balanced breakfast. Well, someone that's already doing breakfast and you're just tweaking like something that they're doing in there, not going to be a very hard habit change. But someone that's not eating breakfast at all, you're asking for them to go to the grocery store and buy something different. You're asking them to get earlier to cook something. You're asking them to eat some solid food. You're asking them to clean up. You're, that's, yeah. that's a lot of things. Well, and, and that's the point I was going to bring up is one of the other misnomers, in my opinion, about habits is a lot of people, clients and coaches, are like, oh, we need to develop new healthy habits. Most of us, if you just look at your day and go, oh, do you have time to develop five or ten new habits on top of everything you're doing? Rarely. Yep. And even if you could, most of us don't want to. We don't want to have everything super scheduled. So instead, what we got to do is find out routines and habits that people are already doing and how can I minimally shift those towards that goal. So if this is somebody that gets their coffee in the morning and walks out the door, gets in their car and heads to work and there is no breakfast, okay, can they make something the night before, have it in the fridge, grab it, shake it up, and walk out the door, or that morning? What can they carry and go with, right? I'm, I'm just tweaking one small thing. Can you eat during the while you're sitting at the stoplight? Yes, you can. It's sitting there. You'll probably drink it or eat it. So it's just tweaking some things as opposed to adding, because that's where people get burned out. They try to add four new habits at once, and they're just exhausted, or they're just not enjoying themselves, and they're just like, it's not worth it. Well, and this is always, also comes back to why it's so important to do these talks, these, these coaching sessions individualized. Yes, for most of the people, we're trying to increase protein. For most of the people, we're trying to reduce calories. For most of the people, we're trying to increase their activity. But the approaches to get to those three things can be drastically different. And which ones comes first. Yeah, depending right? on what yeah. their day looks like, what their preferences are. So that's why it's nice to get to know the person, you know, what their day looks like, what their family structure looks like, what they like, what they dislike, what they, their beliefs on what works and what doesn't, and just making those small adjustments around that. And then we're, it's much easier to get that long-term fit. So as we, we should wrap up things here, we're super excited the fitness industry is getting more behind the behavior, behavior science. But what we're seeing is that a lot of places need to dive a little bit deeper. That's why we came up with 360 Wellness Coaching, the program that can teach you how to have these conversations, not become therapists because that's not our job, and really get people to change, not just short-term, but long-term. So I hope this was helpful. If you have thoughts or comments about this or other topics you want us to cover, please drop us a line. Let us know. See you.